All God's people said, Amen. Amen for the blood of Jesus. Welcome in the name above every other name, the name of Jesus. And we're honored you're here. We just want to commit this time to the Lord. And uh, not only those here present, but also those who've joined us by way of live stream Facebook. God bless you. Hope you've had a good week. We're going to have a great time today. Yes, this is the day the Lord hath made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. How many are going to rejoice in it be glad in it? All right, turn around and wave at your neighbor. Say, good to see you, neighbor. God bless you. Tell somebody you love them. And tell somebody you love them over there. God bless you for joining and tuning in. And we're just going to have a wonderful time today. Let's pray together. Father, we bless you today that you've allowed us another day this side of heaven to come and to bless your holy name and worship you. You've been good to me. You've been good to us. And I thank you, Jesus, for your grace, your goodness, your glory. And we ask you now to prepare us to lay aside every worldly care and every distraction and that we might focus on your will and your word and your way. Now, Lord, you know what needs to be done this very day. And we just thank you for your presence, your power, your peace. We bless you that you are our rock and our salvation. And we thank you now for your precious blood and your forgiveness of sins. And Lord, your provisions again. Oh, blessed God. You are worthy to be praised. And we pray now that you'll anoint this time together. Every word spoken, every prayer prayed, every uh, song sung. Thank you for Garrett, thank you for Nancy, thank you for those in the media, Josh and Katie and others of our team together. We pray, make us a blessing, help us to fulfill the Great Commission as now you've opened up new doors and new uh, windows, Lord, to share the good news with not only those here in our community, but abroad throughout our God bless. Georgia and Jasper County and, oh God, America and, yea, the world. What a mighty God you are. Help us to be thankful today. Help us to enter your gates with thanksgiving today. Help us, Lord, to rejoice in you today. Help us, Lord, to recognize that uh, you are on your throne. And we ask for wisdom and understanding uh, on the leadership of our nation and leadership of your church and Lord as we proceed to go forward preaching the gospel that sinners will be saved and that saints will be revived and that uh, your church will march forward so stir us up today encourage us today <laughs> cleanse us today fill us afresh today and we'll thank you for it because we pray this father in Jesus name the name of every other name Amen and amen and amen. And all God's people said, amen. amen. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go in the house of the Lord. I was glad. Let's say that together. Come on now, y'all can say it louder. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go in the house of the Lord. One more time now, say it loud. I was glad. How many of y'all glad? I tell you, you don't have to be mad, you can be glad. And so, here we're gathered today. Let's make the best of it. How many of y'all want to make the best of today? We just don't come haphazardly and casually. We come to worship the living God. 
and to be blessed and encouraged. I pray God will encourage you today. Hey, and I love you. Appreciate you being here. Now, uh, I'll save announcements to the end here, but other than saying this, our next song, as you know, we're not passing around the plates, but we're, this will be our offertory song. So the plates are back on the back, I believe, on the back table. Good to see many of you back that haven't been with us in a while, and we're just so honored you're back with us. And we'll talk more about that uh, after the uh, time of praise and worship and the message. But anyway, right now, Garrett's going to come and lead us. And uh, you feel led as the Lord leads you to give. And I want to say thank you for those that are giving. Praise God. God's meeting the needs. People have the vision. And my, takes it. It really does. And so, uh, what number are we singing, Brother Garrett? 153. And so you just feel free to uh, give, and I know God will bless it. And then uh, we'll continue on in our worship service together. 153. Come on to these, Brother Garrett. How can I say thanks for the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you give to prove your love for me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be. morning father praising you God father the opportunities that you've given us as a church throughout this pandemic father for the gospel to be continued on 
through live stream. Father, through video recordings of the church that get posted daily, God, to YouTube and to our app. Father, we, we thank you for the opportunities that you've given us, God, to glorify you. And it's all for your glory. If New Rocky Creek gains any praise, Father, let us turn it back to Calvary because it is through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed that we're here today to worship a risen Savior. Father, have your will and your way in this building this morning, God. Speak through Brother Andy, God. Use the words that you've prepared on his heart to touch lives both here and around the United States, Father, and wherever people are listening from, God. May your glory be shown this morning, God. We love you and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you, Nancy, for that. I don't know about you, but I'm sure looking forward to heaven. How many need a word of encouragement today? You wouldn't you agree with me that we're living in days, especially what's going on in our nation, we need to be encouraged. I don't know anything that encourages me more than talking about heaven. In fact, we're continuing our study in the book of Revelation. You recall last week we looked at chapter 16 of the book of Revelation. And before that, we looked at Revelation chapter 2 and 3. And before that, the week before that, Revelation chapter 4. And before that, Revelation chapter 19. And before that, well, really after that, Revelation 13. Today makes the sixth message in our study in the last book of the Bible. And those of you have been keeping up, by way of uh, Facebook live streaming and YouTube, and I want to encourage you to do that. And we thank God for this study in the book of Revelation. And I want to share with you what the Lord's got on my heart today. The best is yet to come. How many of y'all believe the best is yet to come? I mean, do you really believe the best is yet to come? I believe the best is yet to come. And I tell you what, I thank God for it. In fact, it reminded me of a dear lady that I preached her funeral a little over a year ago. Her name, Ruth. Her last name, Strauth. Anybody know Ruth Strauth? Ruth played harmonica up at the Retirement Assisted Living in Social Circle. I've had the privilege of going up there for about 14 years. And Ruth probably weighed 50 pounds soaking wet. She loved that harmonica. Matter of fact, she had 30-something harmonicas. And I'll never forget it. Every time I'd see Ruth, Ruth would have that harmonica in her hand. And she'd come up to me, and she'd get right in your face. <laughs> she'd say, Pastor Randy. And I'd say, what, Ruth? She said, I, I never did get married. She said, Jesus is my husband. <laughs> I said, okay, Ruth, that's fine, wonderful. And Ruth would say to me as she held that harmonica in her hand, by the way, she could play without looking at a stitch of note. She didn't have to look at any note. She just knew them from memory. And she loved the Lord. And Ruth said to me uh, time after time, just about every time I'd see her, she'd say, Pastor Randy. I said, what, Ruth? She said, I want you to preach my funeral. And I said, okay, I'll be honored to. 
And she said, uh, and she'd hold that harmonica up and point it right at me. And she said, I want to be buried with my harmonica. I said, okay. I said, why is that? And she said, because when people come by my casket, I want them to see that I'm holding that harmonica and I'm going to be praising God in heaven when I die. She said, I'm not going to quit praising the Lord here below. I'm going to continue to rejoice even in heaven. Well, she went to glory, 89 years young, and what a blessing and what a legacy she left behind. Yes, the best is yet to come. Yes, the best is yet to come. As we look today, we're going to look at that next to the last chapter in the Bible, the book of Revelation chapter 21. Join with us. Grab your Bibles, please. Revelation chapter 21. And we're going to consider some things that are going to be absent in heaven and then some things that are going to be present in heaven. Revelation chapter 21 this is going to be a blessing to you. I believe you need a blessing today. And so as we look at Revelation chapter 21, we're well familiar with uh, John's insight as to this wonderful place called the city that lieth foursquare. The best is yet to come. Two places we're going to go in the message today. Let me go ahead and give them to you, as I've already mentioned. Uh, first of all, what's going to be absent in heaven? the new Jerusalem, and secondly, what's going to be present in heaven, and that is in the new Jerusalem, Revelation 21, verses 1 through 7, and also Revelation 21, 9 through 27. If you'd like to stand to read the Word of God, you can do so right now. I begin in verse 1 of Revelation chapter 21. I begin in verse 1 of Revelation chapter 21. As we can think for a little while on the subject, the best is yet to come. How many of y'all believe the best is yet to come? Let's say that together. The best is yet to come. One more time. There's a lot of God's people discouraged, depressed, down, in hardship, afflicted. But in spite of that, God can bring us up today. God can lift us up and cause us to overcome. So you're very familiar with this wonderful passage as we continue our study in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 1. John said, I saw a new heaven. And a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Hold your thought right there just a brief moment, and I'll continue reading. A new heaven, a new earth. There are some who suggest uh, the earth and heaven will be totally annihilated, eradicated, which I tend to believe. Others say, no, it'll just be renovated. The new heaven, a new earth, and the reason being annihilated would be because of the sin curse of this world. Let me just draw your attention before I read any further. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Those of you that are taking notes, Peter said, Behold, he said, The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise. The earth and the elements therein shall be burned up, seeing that these things shall come to pass. What manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God. I like what Peter further says in his last letter telling the saints to remember as he's fixing to move off as an older man into heaven. He said, nevertheless, we look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. How many of y'all looking for a new heaven and a new earth? Yes, glory to God. I'm looking for a new heaven and a new earth. Yes, and continue to read now. He said, the new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven, the first earth were passed away. 
Now, if you went back to chapter 20 of the book of Revelation, you'd find out that John sees Jesus on the throne. He said, I saw him that sat on the throne whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There it is, whose earth the face, the earth and the heaven fled away. I believe that's in verse number 11 of chapter 20. There's the reference to the new heaven and the new earth. And keep reading now. This is futuristic, obviously. He says that there was no more sea. Whether that be literal or not, there's speculation. Some suggest there will be no sea because that will make more room for people on the earth. You do know there's going to be a new earth and there's going to be a new Jerusalem. Keep reading verse 2. And I, John, saw. Udo is the word for saw. It's used throughout the book of Revelation. I saw, verse 2, what? The holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they should be his people, and God himself should be with them, and they be their God. I looked that word up again even this morning, dwell, about 6 o'clock this morning, and the Lord reminded him again, tabernacle is the word. Keep reading. Verse number 4, and God shall what? I love this. We've read it over and over, but it never gets old to me. God shall wipe away. How many tears? All. How many tears? All. How many tears? I can't hear you. How many tears? I know it's hot and I know everybody's tired, but my, make a holy grunt at least. How many tears? Thank you. All tears, not just some. And somebody says, oh, there are going to be tears in heaven. The emphasis here is there are not going to be any tears in heaven. I believe there will be tears at the judgment seat of Christ. That's my personal opinion. The Bible doesn't say it. However, I have a tendency to believe there's going to be remorse and regret of things that God has done for us and gifts that he's given us that maybe we have not taken advantage of and therefore not suffer loss as in be banished to the lake of fire, but suffer loss as in being rewarded. How many of y'all want to be faithful when you finish? Amen. Hey, it does matter how you live right here. They're crowns at the judgment seat of Christ. Keep reading. I saw, John said, verse 4, John said by the Holy Spirit, and God shall do what? Wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. I like that. Neither more, any more pain. Somebody ought to say amen right there. William Mann, bless your heart. Is there anybody in here that would say amen, no more pain? Come on, man. Somebody said, man, I've got an age and the place in my life where if it don't hurt, it don't work. Amen. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. No more pain. If you didn't get anything out of coming to church today, that ought to bless your heart. No more pain, for the former things are passed away. And then look at verse 5. He said, and he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he saith unto me, write for these words, are true and faithful. He saith unto me, it is done, I'm alpha. The beginning alphabet of the Greek alphabet is a little a, and omega, the end of the uh, Greek alphabet, omega, that's the beginning of the end. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning of the end. I will give unto him that's a thirst, the fountain of the water of life freely. I love verse 7. Please note it. Underline it. Please pay attention to it. He that overcometh. Nikeo, he that overcometh. We looked at chapter 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation. How many of y'all remember that? Let me see your hand. Yeah, you probably did. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Underline that word inherit. And I will be his God and he shall be my, what? Son. He'll be my son. Underline that please. Father, thank you. The word of God is quick 
and alive and powerful. God, give us eyes to see, thus saith the Lord, and ears to hear it, more so hearts to obey it. Lord, we know you got a word for us today. You know where we're at, and I pray breakthroughs over the world of flesh, the devil. And God, you'd cause us as your people to rejoice in you. Lord, I know there's a lot of people that needing answers and needing searching, and there's a lot of people mixed up and messed up in this old world. Help us to pursue you, your glory. And uh, Father, help us not to get our eyes on everything going on around us in this world and get down and negative and critical. But Lord, rather help us to press on toward the goal of the prize of the high calling of God, of you in Christ Jesus. Lord, we want to lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and run with patience. I pray you'll shake us loose, Father, from the world of flesh, the devil. Shake us loose, Lord, from everything that would hinder us from pursuing you and fulfilling your purpose and your will, making a difference. God, give us your vision, your passion to see a lost and dying world desperately needing your grace and your forgiveness and your purpose fulfilled in their life. Somehow, some way calls us again, Father, to rise above our circumstances, our feelings of anger and our feelings of uh, madness and our feelings of uh, uh, feeling unworthy. Oh, God, we need you today. And I thank you now what you're going to do. Bless each one that's here and each one that's listening. And we'll thank you and praise you. Save, I pray, those that are, Lord, contemplating, uh, rejecting you. Oh, God, I pray the word of God and Calvary, the Holy Spirit of God, would draw them and save them and change them. And God, help us as a church Lord, to get with you and your, uh, your Father presence to recognize you're with us and we don't have to be afraid and we don't have to be in fear and we don't have to let the enemy attack us and keep us rendered inoperative and, and uh, ineffective as we shine lights in this dark world, burn and glow and blow the flames and fan the flames of faith in our heart. To God our Father calls your church and churches out throughout this land to explode as the early church with the Lord Holy Ghost revival. And we thank you for it. You're able and we trust you to do it. For Jesus' sake, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated. All right, keep your Bibles open now because we're going through number one. What's going to be absent in the New Jerusalem heaven? And then secondly, what's going to be present in the New Jerusalem heaven? Number one, what's going to be absent in the New Jerusalem or otherwise known as heaven? And the Lord spoke to my heart about four absentees when we get to the New Jerusalem. Four absentees when we get to the New Jerusalem. Number one, panic won't be in heaven. Aren't you glad? I said panic won't be in heaven. Yeah, yeah. And number two, pain won't be in heaven. And number three, pardon. We'll be pardoned free. And that is, we'll be free because of his pardon. Number four, poverty won't be in heaven. Number one, we'll be panic free. Panic free. If you'll notice just for a moment, uh, the uh, scripture I want to focus on is uh, found in verse number four. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. We've already talked about that. 
the first heaven, the first earth were passed away. There was no more seed. Now, and then verse 4, God shall wipe away all tears, all tears, where from the rise, and there shall be no more death. Has anybody been sorrowful lately? Has anybody been uh, grieving lately? Oh, yes, my dear sister uh, sent me a text this week. She's been taking care of a man for 18 years. He passed away in his sleep this week. I sent her a message and said, I'm praying for you. His funeral will be Tuesday down in Fort Valley, Georgia. And no more tears. Oh, yes, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. No more tears. From, he'll wipe, God take his great handkerchief, somebody said, wipe uh, every tear, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither should there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Hey, if this doesn't encourage you, I don't know how to encourage you. If you're not encouraged by this message and by the truth of God's Word, there's nothing I can do or say that'll encourage you. If the Holy Spirit doesn't encourage you, you won't be encouraged. You'll come in maybe depressed and leave depressed, but if you let the Word of God take root in your heart, you will be encouraged. Now, let me just simply allude again for the fact that uh, the... Word of God teaches, John said, he that overcometh, the word overcometh is Nikeo, shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Let me just give you an exegetical analysis before we get into these four missing elements. And I feel like it's very important that we divide the word of God. There's a lot of false teaching, false doctrine today. I talked with somebody this week that said, Pastor, I believe doctrine's very important. How many of y'all believe doctors and doctrine teaching's important? Anybody? One, two, three, four, five, six. Thank you. Doctrine is very important. Stay with what the Word of God teaches, the fundamentals of the faith. It's easy to get off track and say the Bible says this, and there's a lot of preaching and teaching going on to say, well, I think the Bible says this. There's a literal, literal, historical, grammatical way to interpret the Bible, technically speaking, but it's all right to draw application afterwards after we've done the technical interpretation. Otherwise, we get off track, and that's what's happening today. Unfortunately, a lot of people sitting in pews and watching television, and they don't know the difference. But that's why I'm glad you've tuned in today, and I'm glad you brought your Bibles, and I'm glad you're students of the Bible. If ever's a time during this coronavirus, we ought to be building up our spiritual batteries. We had plenty of time to study the Bible, and that's why we're doing it today. Notice this word inherit. The word inherit there is clay Romeo. The word clay Romeo means to possess or in, uh, to have an inheritance. I want to tell you something. That word means a lot to me because we've got an inheritance where rust and moth does not decay and thieves do not break through and steal. We've got an inheritance in Christ Jesus because Jesus makes us accepted. God the Father accepts us in his Son. Ephesians 1, 6, we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings, according to Ephesians 1, 3. We've been predestined to be conformed to his image, according to Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. Adopted in his family, we'll talk about that in a moment. But inheritance, inheritance. Today, there's a lot of talk about inheritance. I've had the privilege of being a pastor now uh, over 30 years, and uh, I've had the privilege of going in, people, when they're doing their you know, inheritance and talking about what they're going to give this loved one and that loved one. And I've noticed, can I just make a word of observation? Not in every case, but many cases, it's kind of like buzzards swooping down for a kill. You don't see a lot of the family and friends until somebody passes away. And then they've hardly got them in the grave before they're arguing about who gets what and what. And then they squandered it. Isn't that a shame? I'm glad that God said we ought to lay up our treasures in heaven where rust and moth does not decay. 
Yes, what kind of inheritance are you going to leave behind? The Lord said, he that overcomes, only he that overcomes shall inherit all things. And then notice what he said. I will be his God and he shall be my what? Son. Look at that word son for a moment. Study it. Can you see the word son right there? I don't know if y'all can see it over here on this side. I, uh, you probably can't see it right there, but you see it in your Bibles. Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 7, the last word says son. I looked that word up. The word son there is not the word techna, T-E-K-N-O-N, techna, but rather, or T-E-K-N-A, sometimes I spell. That word is used in the Bible, techna, to describe a child. But let me tell you what this word is. It's weos, weos. You know what weos means? It means God's personal son. I'll never forget talking with a man who didn't know his earthly father, and needless to say, he was hurting. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You probably know somebody now that maybe uh, either didn't have a good role model or didn't ever didn't know their earthly parent or parents or they were passed away when they were young. Here, son means my adopted son. That is, we us, personal. And God tells us in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I will be a father to you and you'll be my son. I tell you what, that brings security to my heart. That brings comfort to my heart. Oh, yes, it does. I will be your God, he that overcomes. Listen to me now. Are you overcoming these days? Are you like me? Listen, are you like me? How many of you gotten negative lately? You've been watching the news, and you've gotten negative, and you've got angry, and you've gotten, uh, maybe you've gotten your eyes off the Lord, and then next thing you know, you get, you get to be negative, and all that you're talking about is negative, and you stay in a spirit of agitation and irritation, and you need to know that's exactly what the devil wants, to get you and me out of the will of God. We can overcome. I said we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And God's called us to be overcomers. And the Lord's saying, we have got to be in this old world, but we don't have to be of the world because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen, brother pastor, amen. He that overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Quickly now, I want you to notice four absentees in heaven. Number one, it will be panic-free. Panic-free. Do you know what this word means, panic? How many know what panic means? It means a sudden, overwhelming anxiety. Panic attacks. Has anybody had any panic attacks with all this stuff going on? God said you don't have to have a panic attack. Now, I know the devil's meaning ugly. I just came through the flu. It could have been something else. I don't know. And then on top of that shingle, so I know how the enemy works too. He worked on me during that time. And especially when you get down, he begins to uh, lie to you and insinuate things. And if we're not careful, we can be overwhelmed. Now watch this. The word panic means to be stricken with sudden fear. Do you hear me? Stricken with sudden fear. Is there anybody here today? Y'all look up here just a moment. Is there anybody here today that you know you've been stricken with fear? You don't have to have fear. Last time I read it, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. All right, let me just take a survey since we're not going to play church today. How many of y'all have had sudden, overwhelming fears and anxieties about anything going on lately? Let me see your hand. Come on, let's be honest. One, two, three, four. Thank you. Come on. Thank you. God bless you. 
me included, okay? Me included. And if you're honest, you know you have to. You can act spiritual if you want to. But you know there have been times when you know the enemy has lied and things have happened and it looked like things were out of control. But God says in heaven we're going to have, we're not going to be in a panic situation. I got good news for you. There's not going to be any riots in heaven. I thought somebody ought to say amen there. I said there's not going to be any riots in heaven. Hallelujah. There's not going to be any panic in heaven. God's not going to panic. He's not in a state of panic. And when we get to glory, we won't have to worry about sudden fear. Is there anybody today, right now, you couldn't sleep last night? Things are on your mind. You tossed and turned. You got up over and over again. Yeah, I understand, especially on Saturday night. I, I, being Sunday, I, I toss and turn with things on my mind. But God said he'll give us perfect peace and sleep and rest. Over in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, Solomon said that he wouldn't hit stand with us when we face sudden fear. And any one of us can get knocked off our feet in a heartbeat. You know what I'm talking about. But I'm glad to tell you, thank God, God said, I'll sustain you. I'll see you through this son. I'll see you through this daughter. It's going to be panic-free. Yes, the Lord's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank God for it. Number two, it's not going to be panic-free, but in heaven, it's going to be pain-free, pain-free. I'll tell you what, I got out there the other day and a man cut down some trees. I, I will make a long story short. Uh, I had a couple of pine trees in my yard and needed to get them cut down and, and thank God they came down, but so did the fence along with the pine trees. Can I get an amen? And anyway, got out there with an ax uh, and chopping them trees and, and the limbs and so forth. Boy, I tell you, I felt it uh, that night and the next day too. And yeah, you know, a little soreness. Pain-free, pain-free, yes, pain-free. I'm glad to tell you there won't be any Tylenol in heaven, and there won't be any Advil in heaven, and there won't be any chemotherapy in heaven, and there won't be any radiation in heaven, and there won't be any more undertakers in heaven. By the way, I'm not looking for the undertaker. I'm looking for the uppertaker. Amen. And by the way, there won't be any hospitals in heaven. No more ICU rooms in heaven. No more, thank God, diseases in heaven. It will be pain-free. One dear lady told me one time, she said, Pastor, I'm never alone. She said, my husband died a few years ago, but I'm not alone. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, I go to bed with Ben Gay. I wake up with Charlie Horse. I go to the breakfast table with willpower, and I spend the day with arthritis. I'm never alone. I'm never alone. Pain-free. Pain-free. Wow. That just blesses me to no end. In this old world, we're going to have tribulation. But God says one day we're going to have a new body, a body like Jesus. You ever wondered about heaven? You ever prepared to go to heaven? I'll tell you, when I get ready to go out of town, you know, you got to do some things when you get out, ready to go out of town, especially if you travel internationally. you got to call the bank, tell them about your credit card or your debit card, or lest you get down where you're supposed to go, and then they start counseling your uh, transaction. You better tell them where you're going. you got to get ready when you go out of town. you got to call your bank and get your business done there. Sometimes if you're going for extended time, you need to call the post office and mail and get them to hold off on your mail when you get ready to go somewhere 
Yeah, when you get ready to go somewhere, especially if you're traveling out of the country, you better have your passport ready. If you don't have a passport, you won't get out of the country. And furthermore, you won't get back in the country. There's some things you got to prepare when you get ready to go on a trip. I want to tell you there's some things that we, the people of God, need to prepare to go on a trip. One day, we're going to take a trip to heaven. And yes, I hope you're prepared. If you're not, today can be the day of salvation for you. Now is the accepted time. You don't have to have religion. You don't have to uh, wonder and wonder if you've got a home in heaven. Jesus said, he that believes on me shall have everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. That's in John chapter 5 and verse 24. You don't have to wonder about it. You can confess your sins to God. You can cry out to God to forgive you. Paul said, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. With a heart man believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there's going to be a pain-free heaven. But on the other hand... If you miss heaven by 18 inches from your head to your heart, then you'll have to face the consequences of the judgment of God. Yes, you will. Pain free, panic free. That's enough to call somebody to jump up and say, Hallelujah, Pastor, I can't wait to get to heaven. Amen. By the way, speaking of pain free, Brother Larry Wilson called me on Thursday. I was down here at the church, had a meeting, and uh, was praying, and he called the telephone, and my cell phone on my way back, it was probably 9.30, 10 o'clock. I called Larry back. Larry said, Brother Randy, Pastor, I just wanted to call to tell you something. I said, what, Brother Larry? He said, you know, we've been praying about this aneurysm I have. I said, yes, sir. He called me back in April. It was the first uh, week in April. And here's what he said. For those of you who may not know, he said, I was working on a truck, and the tool fell out of my hand, and it hit me right there in the temple, and a big old knot bulged out of my temple. He said it was like a horn coming out of my head. He said, I went down to the doctor and they said, you've got an aneurysm. He said they took three CT scans, three. And he and I were talking back and forth and I know some of you visited him as well. Charles visited him and had been talking and praying with him. We prayed back in April and, and since that time we've talked periodically and said, God, your will be done. He called me Thursday of this week and said, Pastor Randy, I went to Emory Hospital today. I knew he was going to go. I knew he was scheduled to go. He said, I said, well, tell me about it. What happened? Mr. Larry Wilson said, well, the doctor, we're talking about Emory, downtown Atlanta. He said the doctor came out. He said they got all the CT scans and tests and so forth. The doctor came out and said, he said, I was expecting surgery or something. He said, the doctor said, there's nothing there. It's, there's no aneurysm there at all. You won't have to have surgery at all. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I tell you what, our God's a mighty God. You can trust him, whether miracle or medicine. I want to tell you, we had a shout and spell right there on the phone. And I said, God wants to use this in your life, and he wants to use it in my life. It's going to be pain-free. Thirdly, it's going to be pardon-free. What do I mean? Free with pardon. How many know there's not going to be sin in heaven? One person, two people, anybody else? All right, thank you, thank you. I'm trying to get you to engage. I'm trying to get you to, 
you know, get with me and join me in the message. That's why I ask you questions. We're not just here to be entertained. Can I get a witness? We're not here to be entertained. We're here to hear the Word of God, respond to the Word of God, not only here but other places as well. Now, look at chapter 21 of the book of Revelation and verse 27. And by the way, I'm saying that not in a critical way. If I'm not engaged when somebody's speaking, I am distracted and looking out the window and thinking about other things. If I'm not writing something down or paying attention, I don't get what's going to be said. By the way, I know I got an enemy and you got an enemy. That's why we come to church. We need to be prayed up when we get here and then say, like we go to the grocery store, Lord, I'm not going to go to the grocery store and not expect to get something. I I don't go all the way up to Walmart, bless the Lord, Deanna. You don't go to Walmart and just not, not expect to get anything. You go to expect to get something. When I come to church, I expect to get something. I can't hear you. Hey, look, let me just say this. Time out. I know we hadn't met for weeks and weeks and weeks and months, and I understand it's a little awkward. I understand we're having to social distance. But y'all listen to me, please, New Rocky Creek family. We don't have to let the enemy rob us of joy. We can still worship the Lord and still praise God because God's been good to us. So that's my heart cry. I, I know I get discouraged, you get discouraged, but at least, at least when we come together, Let's, let's, let's try to break out of our fear and our, you know, discouragement and anger and stuff. Let, let's at least try to, it, it'll, it'll help your heart, okay? It'll help your heart. You say, but pastor, I don't feel like saying amen. I don't feel like raising my hand. Just do it anyway, and you will feel like it, all right? I, I guarantee you, sometimes if you give into the flesh, the flesh wants you to sit there, sit soaking sour. But if you just go ahead and praise God anyway, you'll find out the Lord will bless you for it. The Lord will bless you for it even when you don't feel like it. I tell you, it's so difficult in times, and I know everybody's going through tough times. But anyway, pardon free, pardon free. No sin in heaven. I was going to read Revelation 21, 7. Notice Revelation 21, I'm sorry, 21, verse 27. There shall be, verse 27, there shall be in no wise, there shall be in no wise enter into it, notice, anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. They which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Bottom line, sin is not going to be in heaven. How many of y'all battle with sin? Everybody battles with sin. But I've got good news one day when we get to glory. Sin's going to have to stay outside the gate. You know how many gates are going to be in heaven? Twelve. Do you know who's going to be at those gates? Twelve angels. Do you know what those gates are going to be made out of? Pearl. Do you know what the foundation is going to be made out of? Twelve apostles. And the church included in the building. Do you know how the wall is going to be made? Some say it's 72 feet high, or 72 yards rather, 216 feet high. Uh, uh, and uh, oh my, pardon free. You know what? Sin's not going to be able to get into heaven. Get out of here, sin. You can't come to heaven. Why? Why is sin going to be ejected out of heaven? You know why? I got to thinking about it. You know why I believe sin's going to be ejected out of heaven? Here's why. Because the blood of Jesus is going to say, sin, you got to stay out. The blood. Sin can't deal with the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. How many of y'all glad for the blood? Did you get a good bath today? Did you get a good bath last night? How many did a good bath today? Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow, Lord. 
create within me clean heart, O oh God. That's what David said in Psalm 51. You see, sin, you can't come in heaven. The blood, Jesus purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the Father on high, sprinkled his blood, as it were, on the mercy seat of God. And we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. You know, there might not be anybody here that doesn't say that they're saved, but there might be somebody listening that's not saved. You can try everything in the world to be a Christian. But if you don't come in faith and repentance, turning from your sin, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will never be saved. Good works won't do it. Baptism won't do it. Religion won't do it. Church membership won't do it. You've got to be born again. And the only thing that will get rid of your sin is what? The blood of Jesus. That's why I like those good old songs. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein. Sinners plunge beneath that blood and lose all their guilty stain. Yes, there's still power in the blood. The blood can make the vilest sinner clean. Peter said, not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of the lamb without spot, without blemish. That's 1 Peter 1.18. And John said, and to him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's Revelation 1.5. And then Paul wrote in Ephesians 1.7, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Word redeem is the word agorizo, means to purchase, to buy back. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22. And I believe to be the Paul, the apostle, the author. At any rate, I won't argue that. He said, the author, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said... Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. I'm telling you, we couldn't approach a holy God, sinful man, outside the blood of his own son. He purged our sin. Yeah, yes, he did. Yes, the life of the flesh is in the blood. It's this reason I put it upon the altar to make atonement for your soul. For it's the blood that makes atonement for the soul. That's Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11. Why am I talking about the blood of Jesus. I'll tell you why. Because a lot of today wants to take out the blood. They want to take out the blood and make you think that man's good and his goodness. There's none good, no, not one. Oh, no. No, there's not. But in heaven, there's going to be no more guilt. Am I preaching to anybody today? You've been feeling guilty. You've been feeling shameful. You've been feeling under condemnation. But when you get to glory, yes, once you step through those pearly gates, there's not going to be any more shame and no more guilt and no more condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, that's something to look forward to. When we get to glory, yes, even now we can walk in victory. God, help us, your people, to live in victory and to rise above. Yes, number four, not only pardon free but poverty free notice verse number 7 verse 7 says again of chapter 21 to him that overcometh will I he said to him that overcometh I will make notice chapter 21 and verse number 7 he that overcometh he that overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son yes I want to tell you praise the Lord Yes, the Lord has in heaven. We'll be a part of the family of God. Yes, we will. Well, let's hasten on because we've talked now about what's going to be absent in heaven. Secondly, notice what's going to be present in heaven in the new Jerusalem. 
here in verse number 8. Look at verse 8. Read it with me, please. Chapter 21, verse 8. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, and the sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Pay attention to that word sorcery. It's the word pharmakia, mind-altering drugs. I talked with a man just last week, and I told you about this man that said drug abuse and that sort of thing has spiked during this coronavirus. Again, the enemy comes in like a flood. He walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He comes to lie, steal, and destroy. John chapter 10, verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. He is a deceiver. He's a liar. He's the accuser of the brethren. Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 10. And he comes to transform himself as an angel of light. And therefore, he's lying and he's insinuating and he's trying to get inroads. But I'm telling you, thank God, that God said he'll break strongholds of the enemy. Yes, sometimes we get bogged down. Yes, sometimes we get in a ditch. Yes, sometimes we make bad decisions. But thank God, God's in the restoring business. Amen. And the Lord's able to make the years the locusts have eaten. He's able to restore them. So today, if you've blown it yesterday, you say, but brother pastor, look what I've done. I understand. It's not what you've done. It's what he's done. <laughs> but look who I am. It's not who you are. It's who he is. But look where I've been. It's not where you've been. Hallelujah, it's where I'm going. I'm marching to Zion. I'm going to the beautiful city of God. This ought to change you, beloved. This ought to cause you to want to be holy. Are we going to know each other in heaven? Oh, yes. Are we going to have new bodies in heaven? Sure. Paul refers to that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 when he said these bodies sown in weakness will be raised in power. These bodies sown in a mortal body will be raised in an immortal body. These bodies sown in a corruptible body will be raised in an incorruptible body. These bodies sown in a natural body will be raised in a spiritual body. These bodies sown in an earthly body will be raised in a heavenly body. We'll have a new body. Some suggest it'll be just like, we'll look just like we are now except for it'll be an imperishable body. Not the same body. Some say we'll be the same height and all of that. Thank God, I don't know about all that, but I know this. We'll recognize each other in heaven. How do I know that? Will you tell me how Peter, James, and John recognized Moses and Elijah when they were up on the Mount of Transfiguration recorded in the 17th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew? You say, Pastor, will we will know each other? Yeah, absolutely. We'll be like Jesus according to 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Oh, what manner of love. The Father had bestowed upon us we should be called the children of God. It doth not appear what we should be. We know when he shall appear. We shall be like him. We'll be like him. We shall see him as he is. Did Jesus have a physical body? Yeah. He rose from the grave and yet he ate fish. Yeah, he had a, he had a body. It was not the earthly body but a different kind of body. So, what about it? In heaven, believers will be in heaven. Unbelievers won't be in heaven. That's what's going to be present in heaven, believers. Number two, I didn't write these down so you can write them down in your notes. Number one, believers without unbelievers. But number two, notice we will have a beautiful city called the New Jerusalem. I've already alluded to the beautiful city called the New Jerusalem. Don't need to labor that. But watch this. You need to know the Bible says that there's not going to be any temple. Did you know that? Notice right up here, chapter uh, number 21 and verse number 22. Look at chapter 21, verse 22. Don't you love the study of the Bible? 
I love when you bring your Bible. I love when I just don't, uh, I'm not just entertaining, but I'm getting you in the Word of God. Have you noticed this? All this is Scripture. And, and this is what the Lord wants me to build you up in the Word of God. Not my experiences, not my opinion, but what the Lord says. I want you to see it. I want to see it. There's life and power in the Word of God. Amen. And amen and amen. Oh, all right. Now, where were we at? We were over here in chapter 21, verse 22. Look at verse 22. I saw what? No temple therein. The Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. I don't have long, so y'all listen carefully. Y'all look up here just a moment. No temple. There'll be a new Jerusalem, the city that lies four square, 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. That's found in Revelation 21 and verse 16. That's approximately 1,500 miles. Man, this is a massive place, but no temple. Have you studied your Bible? Do you know what the Bible says about the temple? And let me just throw these verses out. I personally believe, now I won't be dogmatic about it, but do you know there's going to be a temple during the millennial reign? How many know that? The thousand-year reign, there'll be a temple. How do I get that? Ezekiel chapter 40 through chapter 48, there will be a temple. It's called Messiah's Temple. And in Zechariah chapter 6 and verse 12, Jesus will build a temple. But, but you say, Pastor, I don't have to know all this information. You really do. You know why? Because there's a world out there going to ask questions about what's it going to be like in heaven. There's a world out there, and I don't know. I've been to church 40 years or 50 years or 20 years. I don't know. I've never heard that. Well, that's where I think God wants to use you to be ready to answer every man of the reason, the hope that's within you with meekness and with fear. I'm giving you uh, justification for coming to church and not just sitting there but learning, learning, growing, growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, look, I know y'all have read this as many times as I have, if perhaps not more. How many know you can get new things out of the Scripture every time you read it? How many know it never gets old? So just because you've seen it, and just because you know the passage, and just because you know a little bit about it, doesn't mean that God is not going to quicken and give you revelation. And then furthermore, I hope that you'll be doers of the Word, not just hearers only. See, often we just sit... But we say, well, how can I apply this? Your children, grandchildren, the world, what's going to be in heaven? No temple in the, watch this, the new Jerusalem. I think, y'all look up here, I, my time's about to go because y'all look and, and listen real quick, please. I think the new Jerusalem is going to descend over the new earth. There's, I, I won't be dogmatic about it, but it's going to be like a satellite. I saw the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven as a bride adorned for her husband much like the moon does with the earth. There's no temple in the New Jerusalem, right? We read that right here. But on earth, many believe the temple will be forever. Messiah's temple that I just referred to you. What was the passage? Ezekiel 37. And uh, Jesus builds that temple. Why do I say it'll be forever on earth? Here's why. Because in Ezekiel 37, the Lord says his temple will be forever. And the word is olam. Many believe that means forever, even here on earth. It, it really doesn't contradict, the Bible doesn't contradict itself. I'm just sharing with you what Revelation 21 says. But if you read Ezekiel 37, then you'd say, okay, there will be a millennial temple during the 1,000-year reign. All of this is uh, following the 1,000-year reign. Many believe the New Jerusalem may even be around during the 1,000-year reign. Christ comes for the church, the rapture, seven years of tribulation, comes back in the second coming, inaugurates his millennial 1,000-year reign, and then Revelation 21 and 22, eternity future. So, 
But there will not be a uh, temple in the New Jerusalem. Does everybody get that? Raise your hand if you hear what I'm saying. I don't want to confuse you. But I believe there'll be a temple on earth, on the new earth. That's just my opinion. I won't argue with you about it. But anyway, whether it is or not, you say, well, what does it need for a temple on earth? I'll tell you why. Here's why, and I've got to move on. It's because the Feast of Tabernacles is going to be continually practiced, blowing of the trumpets. You can read about that in the Old Testament. And many believe that to be even eternity future. But hold that thought because uh, I've got to hasten. Notice he says, and the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb of the light thereof. What will be in heaven? This is the last verse right here. The nations. This is found in Revelation 21, verse 24. Look at verse 24. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And then verse 25, And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And verse 26 reads, And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Now listen carefully. You know what that word nations is? Anybody know what that word nations is? Ethne. Ethne. You know what ethne means? Gentiles. God's got a plan for the church, the rapture. God's got a plan for Israel, 144,000 plus will be saved. God's got a plan for the nations, Gentiles, that go into the millennial reign, that will go into eternity future. There is uh, many believe, don't confuse the church, rapture before the tribulation, the Jews, and then ethne means Gentiles. It's not a difficult problem at all. It's not even a problem. The nation to them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, the glory of the Lord, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor. Hallelujah. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Man, I tell you what, the best is yet to come. I said the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Would you stand to your feet with, you, with me today right now? The best is yet to come. Some of you have never been saved. You've never been saved. You have never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you. Yeah, I've been praying for you. And there's some today who've never been saved. And I'm praying for you that God will get to your heart. For it's too late. Hey, y'all, listen. I preached a young man's funeral, a young teenage boy that was in a motorcycle wreck right up the road here. He was killed instantly. Thank God he made peace with God. And I could tell you others who have had the privilege of uh, being at their bedside when they died and we're talking about the best is yet to come. I thank God for the best is yet to come. So what's God saying to you today? Why are you discouraged? Why are you down? Why have you been down in the mullet grubs? Why have you been complaining? Why are you angry walking around like a time bomb? Why? Click that off and say, Lord, I, you didn't make me to be angry. You didn't make me to walk around with bitterness in my heart, things going on in our world. I can't control all that. I'm going to tell you something. You can control what's right here, though. That's what God's saying to us today. Is the Lord pleased with you? Is he pleased with me? Do you know anybody that's not going to heaven? How many of y'all know somebody that's not going to heaven? Will you pray for them right now? To miss heaven. To miss heaven is a 
ultimate tragedy. Let's pray for them right now. Then maybe you right here, you'd say, God, change my attitude. I hadn't been thankful. I hadn't been serving like I ought to. I've been waiting around, waiting for somebody to ask me to do this and that. Jump in, serve God. Tell somebody the love of Christ. Don't wait to be asked. Hey, by the way, don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. Father, thank you for the best is yet to come. Lord, I need to be reminded of this over and over every day because I get so negative and frustrated and irritated like everybody or probably most of the people here today. I believe, Lord, that's why you put this message in my heart because you're dealing with me. And what you want to do with me, you want to do with every single born-again, blood-bought, blood-washed child of God. So afresh and anew, we rededicate our life to you. I pray, God, you'll keep us focused on your will. Lord, those that are lost, that are here, that if they died, they wouldn't go to heaven. Knock on their heart. Help them to open the door. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.